Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor with Josh Nelson. It's summer 2021. And instead of taking a break, we decided as a team to go back and find our favorite episodes from this past year. Now, not only are these our favorite episodes, but they are also the most impactful, we think, as far as growing and protecting your wealth. So please enjoy all of these episodes and please pass them on to anybody that you think would find this useful and important in their own financial life. And I will see you back in August. God bless. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services, a wealth management firm. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast by rating us five stars, and also subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Today, we're going to talk about what the most important decision is with regard to money, to your own personal money. I can tell you that I think everybody out there is looking for a magic bullet. In other words, they're looking for one simple thing that they can do that will result in them becoming wealthy or at least achieving some level of financial security. I can tell you it really can boil down to that one decision. Now, of course, our financial outcomes are determined by a lot of decisions along the way, but this one decision will impact all of the others. What is it? It's deciding to be an investor versus just being a consumer or a spender. What I mean by that is that the average American, my judgment anyway, is spending all their money, all their earnings, all their income is getting spent versus saved or invested. The good news is that if you start early, you don't need to put away that much as far as a percentage of your pay. And I can tell you, interacting with hundreds, maybe even thousands of people over the years, that's the one thing I've heard, especially as people get older, they say it over and over and over to me, is we wish we would have started earlier. We wish we would have started out with good financial habits early on because most people do fall into that pitfall of spending all their money, all their income, all their earnings in those early years. And sometimes people never kick that financial habit. So really the most important decision that any of us will ever make is deciding. And the decision comes down to one thing. What percentage of our income will we not spend and instead invest for the future? I'm going to say that one more time. The most important decision that we will ever make, all of us, is what percentage of our income will we not spend and instead invest for the future? What that means is that we're saving systematically. We're saving in an automated fashion. That's so crucial with regard to this principle because I don't know about you, but if I have to think about writing a check every month or manually transferring money once a month, it's probably not going to happen, or there would be months at least. That's my illusion anyway, is that there would be months that something would happen. The furnace goes out. There's some kind of opportunity to take a special trip. There's some type of opportunity or challenge or problem that ends up coming up that will just suck that money right out of any plan that I might have had to transfer that into an investment. However, if I have that money automatically going out from my paycheck or my checking account in some automated way, 
that probably is not going to get messed up because I don't have to think about it. That's really the key here is that we don't have to think about it. And over a long period of time, that can accumulate to be hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again in people's financial situations that I've worked with over the years, both in group formats and in individual formats. It's been so fun to be able to hear people's stories. I can also tell you this, that you'll never be able to out-earn poor financial habits. And we could come up with a lot of examples. I'm sure we would have a fun time brainstorming all the celebrities, all the big personalities over the years that had earned tons of money from professional athletes to to celebrities of various rights. Think about Mike Tyson, Johnny Depp, Floyd Mayweather, MC Hammer, Quentin Tarantino. These guys over the years made gazillions of dollars. And one thing that I can tell you is that all of them at one point in their careers made a gazillion dollars, but they blew it all and actually went into some level of financial distress, even bankruptcy in many of those cases. Isn't that crazy? Look at Mike Tyson who at one time, at least, I think Floyd Mayweather has beaten him at this point, but at one time was the winningest, as far as money anyway, the winningest boxer of all time, had hundreds of millions of dollars that he had earned from fighting, and he blew every single penny of it. So there's no illusion here. You will never be able to outdo or out-earn poor financial habits. So it's so important to start on the right foot. Now you might say, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't start when I was 18 or 20 or 23, wherever your career started. I didn't start out with those habits. It's never too late. And it's never too late to do the right thing, which in this case would be to pick a percentage, pick any percentage. It doesn't even matter what it is. It should be at least 1%, probably not a fraction of a percent, but I'd encourage you to start with something. And one thing that you might remember, and this is a little bit gross, but one thing that you might remember is that there's a, a right way and a wrong way to boil a frog. And the wrong way is to heat up a pan of water, get it boiling and throw the frog in. Well, the frog's just going to jump out immediately. He's just going to react right to something that's painful. When in reality, the right way to boil a frog is to put the frog, and not that I've tried this, by the way, I've just heard this is the way it works, that putting a frog into a pan of water and then gradually turning up the heat that the frog will not jump out and it'll be too late. Now, it actually works on the positive end too, right? Is that if you gradually do this with your own money, say if you start at 1% and put it in your your reminders that maybe it's every month or every quarter, you bump it up. So now go from 1% to 2% and then 2 to 3 and 3 to 4 What's the ideal percentage as far as what you should be putting away? Well, I don't like the word should because everybody's situation is different. Everybody's values are different. I don't want to be the one who judges that for you. Um, certainly, we could do some math and we could figure out what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And that's a lot of what financial planning is about, is figuring out, getting really clear on where we are, where we want to be, and then figuring out in between what's the plan that what needs to happen to make that work. And a big part of that's math, of course, is figuring out how much we need to be putting away. Percentage-wise, the old rule of thumb used to be that if you wanted to retire in your mid-60s uh, with Social Security and a pension and so forth, that you'd, you'd need to be putting away somewhere between 10 to 12% of your earnings. That's if you start early. If you start late, then you'll need to kind of bump that up and put in larger percentages. But what's happened since then? That was the old rule. What's happened since then? How many people get a pension these days? 
Not many. There's not many people who get a pension unless you work for the U.S. government or maybe you're a teacher. There are a few employment situations out there where people actually do get a pension, but most people do not anymore. And the second thing is Social Security, and that also is a bit sketchy, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I don't think the government is always the best at handling money and certainly not following through on promises. So I certainly don't want to bank my financial future on something that could be changed, adjusted, taken away, anything like that. So I am going to highly recommend that you choose a higher percentage than that 10 to 12%, probably 15, ideally 20% of your earnings should be going away towards the future. Now, again, you might say that's too painful. There's no way I can go from doing nothing, which might be what you're doing right now, to 20%. Again, remember the boiling the frog analogy there that you gradually turn up the heat, you gradually turn up the heat and you don't want to, you won't even notice. And I've done this with a lot of people uh, from young and old, everybody uh, in between. We've actually done that with people's paychecks is just choose a percentage, 1%, 3%, 5%. And in every case, every single person I've talked to after they started doing that, and they had a couple paychecks hit, they all said the same thing, Josh, I don't even notice it's gone. I didn't even notice it's gone. And that starts to feel really good because then they realize, you know what, I can go higher. I can go up to 4%, 5%, 10%, 15%, 20% would be the ideal in my mind as far as the money that would be getting put away towards the future. Some of that, of course, would be towards our freedom fund. And the freedom fund is the fund that's going to eventually be the money that means that we don't have to work unless we want to. And to me, financial freedom means that we get to do what we want whenever we want with who we want. Um, You know, it's basically kind of live the life that we want without having to work. We don't have to continue earning money. If we don't do that, then we're kind of destined to fail, right? Either where we'll be forced to work forever, which I don't know about you, but I love my job. I love my career. I love my business. It's a lot of fun to be able to work with people and very gratifying the the, uh, feedback that we get as far as the impact on people's lives. But I don't want to have to do this forever. I want to be able to choose to do it forever. And possibly I'll be one of those guys that works well into their 70s, 80s, maybe 90s like uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, These are guys that just love doing what they are doing. And so they continue doing it. But I don't know about you. I, I think Warren Buffett probably could have retired a long time ago. He just chooses to do it because he thinks it's fun. And that's what I want to do as well is be able to do this as long as uh, my clients will have me, of course. And as long as uh, it's fun, you know, if it ceases to be fun, then maybe it'll be time to hang it up at some point. I hope that never happens. Uh, but who knows, things may change. So it's important to think about that, that financial freedom concept in that, You may not want to work forever. Um, It might also be a situation where you've got to stop for some reason. Maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's a family situation. I've seen that happen time and time again. People that plan to work for many more years, but then something happened and it wasn't a possibility. Back in the 2000s, I worked with a lot of high-tech workers that were laid off from their company that they had worked at for years and years and years. They got laid off unceremoniously, even in situations where they were one of the highest performers in their group and and highly ranked and uh, had gotten patents, all kinds of stuff, but they still ended up at the wrong place on the spreadsheet and they ended up getting cut. Of course, many of those people pivoted, right? They ended up moving on to something else. But in some situations, they didn't. Or maybe they were so close to retirement that they just wanted to be done. Some people succeeded. Some people didn't. The ones that had that freedom fund and had it built up to the point where it would generate income for life or at least have a strong possibility of generating income for life, 
those are the people that ended up being financially successful and at least financially happy as far as being able to do what they wanted to do. So the real key here, again, is that we're choosing a percentage, we're putting it away no matter what, and we're not thinking about it because it's automated and it's happening every single month. How would we actually do this then? Let's talk practical. Many people have an employer. If you're working for somebody else, almost always they've got some kind of retirement plan. Unless it's a very small business, they probably have some kind of a 401k, 403b, 457. You know, we've got all this alphabet soup of different retirement plans, but more or less, they're probably going to offer you some type of automated way that you can take a percentage of your paycheck every single pay period and put it away. Sometimes they will offer matching dollars. They'll offer matching contributions, and that's fantastic. I would consider that gravy. Sometimes people ask the question, well, with my target percentage, I'm choosing 10%, 15%. Do I count the company match in that? My answer is no. You decide for yourself, but my answer is no because I've seen it happen many times when a company goes through some struggles, and one of the things that they do is they cut the match. They cut the match to zero, and now it's just your contributions. I think it's better if you can count on those dollars just being your own and just consider the, the company money, some bonus money on top of that, it just puts you in a better situation overall. Sometimes retirement plans also have vesting periods, meaning that if you don't stay with that company for long enough, you'll end up losing that money. So again, good idea to just count on your money that you're putting in. So what if you don't have an employer plan? What if they don't offer that? What if you're self-employed? What if you're a business owner? You've got all kinds of scenarios where there just may not be a company retirement plan set up. There are all kinds of other options that we can look at. There are IRAs, Roth IRAs, just normal brokerage accounts, investment accounts that you can be plugging money into. And I would highly recommend that you set it up in an automated way, just like as if you were getting it taken out of a paycheck. In other words, have it deducted on an automatic transfer from your checking account. Just have it set up. The banks can all do this. The banks, credit unions, wherever you have your money right now, they can all set it up as an automatic transfer. And it's usually free. It's usually easy to do. And it's easy to adjust as well, which again, we might be starting on a really small percentage. If you're one of those that think I cannot do this, I'm in a different situation. I don't have any extra money. Just humor me and choose a percentage, even if it's just 1%, 2%, 3%. Start with something and see what happens and see if you're one of those people that would tell me, Josh, I didn't even notice it. I thought I would, but I didn't even notice it. And you'll start to see your wealth build. You'll start to see your freedom fund build. And ultimately, we've got a bucket of money someday that's going to produce enough income. That's the, the goal anyway, is we're, we're trying to build up this money machine, this bucket, whatever analogy you want to use to, be, to build this up to the point where it'll produce income that you can't outlive, that you get to do whatever you want. That's really the goal of financial freedom is to be able to get that set up for yourself and all these other things, the company matches, the pension, the social security, that's all gravy. That's great if that stuff is there and we'll take advantage of it if it's there. We'll certainly manage it if it's there, but I would highly recommend that you think of this as something that you're going to do and you'll be able to take an immense amount of pride in the fact that you built up wealth on your own without getting lucky, without being the lotto winner, without becoming Mike Tyson and having to get beat up <laughs> to go out and earn your wealth. I think you're going to find that it's actually a lot easier than you think if you start early and if you start today, which means I don't care how old you are, or how much time that you have or think you don't have, starting today is the answer and starting it on an automated way that you don't have to think about really is the key. So choose that percentage and then also 
think about who else can I teach this to? Do I have somebody younger than me? And you probably do, right? Think about somebody younger than you that really needs to hear that message. That's one final thought I'll leave you is that there's always somebody. And I I can tell you that almost everybody I talk to that's accumulated wealth, they might be in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Almost all of them can kind of pinpoint who it was in their life that got them started. It could have been a manager. It could have been a coworker. It might have been their parent. Could have been somebody that told them early on, this is what you need to do. You need to set this up. Don't think about it. Just start accumulating assets by picking a percentage of your income. And ultimately, that will continue to build and build and build and plan for your future. So I hope you enjoy all of these episodes and enjoy our best of series. We'll look forward to seeing you back in August. And as always, please pass on any feedback that you've got for us as far as any future topics or guests that could be helpful for the show. With that, have a great week and God bless. The opinions voiced in the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor.